an express tour through three centuries of the Irish Garden, this time with Robert O'Byrne. O'Byrne is the curator of a new exhibition on the history of horticulture in Ireland, seen through the gardens of its great houses, standing and obliterated. In harmony with nature, the Irish Country House Gardens 1600 to 1900 is a journey with eight stops created by O'Byrne and designer David Meany at the City Assembly House in Dublin, where Culture File went to meet the pair. This is the express version of the garden journey, but if you subscribe to the Culture File podcast, we'll have the full conversation there. Another good reason. This room, as you may know anyway, is an octagon, and it is the oldest purpose-built public gallery, art gallery, in Europe and very likely in the world. It dates back to the 1760s when it was built by the Society of Artists. And it was very much intended to hang pictures, which is fine if you just want to hang pictures around the walls. But if you want to do something more, like tell a story, it's, it's a much more challenging space. So that's why David Meany and myself, he's the designer, we decided to break it up into eight stories. It's eight separate galleries, in effect. The challenge with this exhibition was to create a sense of different spaces and a journey through the story of Irish Country House Gardens in one room. So this is a large octagonal room. It's difficult enough to create eight spaces that aren't just little pie-shaped angles. So you get this feeling as you come in, you turn right into the exhibition and the spaces kind of, they reflect the content and they, they seem to get a little bit larger and a little bit larger. And so they all have their own style and feel reflected in the colors and typeface and imagery used throughout and to try to give you the sense of an open space when you're a little bit confined. Lead on then into so, the... So we're beginning in pre-Garden Ireland. So this is, this is our little introduction section where you're first introduced and this is... Uh, the ancient woodland in Abbey Leaks in County Leash, which is one of the oldest surviving oak forests in Ireland. But this would go back to the Middle Ages, to when Abbey Leaks was a monastery, and it has survived intact from that period. You can see these wonderful ancient oaks. It has a, an oak tree that's supposed to be at least a thousand years old amongst them. And Ireland, as you know, 80% of Ireland would have been covered in such woodland, really until the 16th century. One of the interesting things is that pre, say, 1600, which is really when our story starts, pre then, the only gardens as such that we would understand were attached to monasteries and convents and presumably, you know, just religious houses in general because they would have been based in the same place, whereas Irish people tended to be, prior again to about 1500, 1600, tended to be fairly nomadic within their territories and move around. Whereas, obviously, uh, religious houses had a settled community, so they would have had gardens where they grew fruit and flowers and vegetables. They would have had ponds where they kept fish to eat and so forth. They might have had pigeon houses for the same purpose. Um, The other important thing that they had then in their gardens were medicine gardens, because, of course, until the 19th century, um, plants were the essential element for medicine. So they would have grown various herbs and plants and so forth, which have been used in the, in the treatment of illness. So if we go from there, we come to, to around 1600, which is the, really the big change. The, mon- the monastic houses, religious houses were all closed down, obviously, in the second half of the 16th century by the English crown. And following what Henry VIII had already done in England, the same rules were imposed in Ireland. So those gardens disappeared, but you have a, a great wave of settlers coming into Ireland from the late uh, 16th century onwards. And they bring ideas of gardens with them. So you start to get, initially, these Renaissance gardens 
they're known generally as knot gardens. They're laid out in these very elaborate patterns, very organized, very disciplined, a series of squares and circles with uh, heavy borders. Um, and they were the first domestic gardens, really, in Ireland. The best surviving example is attached to Lismore Castle, which was laid out just in the early 1600s for, the, for Richard Boyle, the great Earl of Cork. And it is a series of terraces that descend down, and then you have this wonderful view across to St. Carthage's Abbey in the distance. Those terraces still survive. And the other great thing about Lismore Castle is there's still chickens, so eggs, if you eat an egg in Lismore Castle, if you're fortunate enough to be there, it's from the chickens. It's exactly as it would have been in the early 1600s. Are you an architect by training? No, I'm actually a graphic designer and a carpenter and sometimes an interior designer. I, I wear many hats, but for the moment, I'm an exhibition designer. And carpenter, crucially, very good carpenter, because this, there's a lot of construction that went on in this exhibition, more than would be normal for, for shows. Can we compare day. the hands, then? Well, he's got, he's got a good worker's hands, I think, yes. They're, <laughs> they're both very fine sets of hands, actually. <laughs> there's no hammering being done there. There is this suggestion, I, th I guess we'll see it as we go through, that the gardens can sort of alert you to the religious and political allegiances of whoever put them down, and, and that's a way of stratifying the gardens as well. Yes, and in fact, the next section, if we swivel around here, we move on to the Baroque garden, which is post the Restoration and the late 17th and early 18th century. In the aftermath of Charles II coming to the throne, he'd spent a lot of time in France, where he had seen, he and his courtiers, including James Butler, the great Duke of Ormond, they had seen the gardens being created there and decided to emulate them. Mainly this man called André Le Nôtre, who was the great formal gardener of, of France and laid out the gardens at places like Vaux-le-Vicomte and Versailles. So they brought those ideas with them. And you can still see a very good example of that at the Royal Hospital Kilmainham. What's interesting is then, obviously, you have the Battle of the Boyne William of Orange coming to the throne, displacing James III. Now, James, or James II, I should say, James went in exile to his cousin, Louis XIV, in France. So French gardens had been fashionable until then. But suddenly, of course, what you wanted was a Dutch garden to show your allegiance to William of Orange. Dutch gardens actually are not that dissimilar to French gardens. They tend to use more canals. There's a very interesting character who isn't sufficiently known called William Robinson. William Robinson came from County Leash. He was responsible for a revolution in gardening taste in the second half of the 19th century. So he came from County Leash, we think. He first worked as a boy as a gardener for the Marquis of, of Waterford at Curramore in County Waterford. And then he went to work at Ballykill Cavern, which is a, which is a house, a country house in County Leash. Robinson went to work there, but left one night, but he left in the middle of winter after he had opened, turned off all the heating and opened all the windows in the greenhouses so all the rare plants would die. Uh, he went to Dublin, where he met David Moore, who was the head of the Botanic Gardens, who gave him a letter and he went to Kew, and then he started to work there. And he published a book in 1870 called The Wild Garden, which was the, promoting the notion that gardens should look natural, that he had a horror of, of artifice. So Robinson created this notion that um, 
gardens should be allowed, plants in, in beds should be allowed to tumble outside their borders. They shouldn't be constrained. They should be allowed to fall onto the paths and so forth. That you should mix different plants, different colours together in a palette. He created the original herbaceous border. Now, herbaceous borders are an absolute standard feature of everybody's garden. You know, the, the typical, what's called the typical English country garden is actually a Robinsonian garden, and it's based on his Irish ideas. Robert O'Byrne there, and you heard also from designer David Meany at the City Assembly House Dublin, where In Harmony with Nature runs until mid-July. Subscribe now for that walkthrough of all eight spaces.